Hi there, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Fantasy for the Ages, where father and son get together and talk about fantasy, science fiction, and other nerdy things we enjoy. We hope you're going to love this episode as Zach talks to us about book eight of the Dresden Files, Proven Guilty, a series I totally dig, and he's still trying to figure out if he will. If you like it, like it down below. Hit that like thumb thingy. And subscribe to our channel if you haven't yet. Uh, leave comments if you got something to say about what he has to say or what I have to say. We always respond to comments, and you can find in the show notes all the other ways you can connect with us. So, Zach, again, The Dresden Files, one of my favorite series of all time in mm -hmm. SFF. What'd you think now about Proven Guilty? This was a good one. I liked this one. High um, praise from my son. Yes, good. Tell us why you liked it. Without spoiling it. You had to throw that last bit on it. No, it's fine. There are a couple key elements that have been introduced in this series that I've been on the record of liking. One back in Summer Night. Another in... Now I'm blanking. Um, when are the Denarians introduced? That's the next uh, book. That was the it, next... But four and five, I liked. And... Both of those introduced different worlds, different things that are funky and interesting. And every time they show up, I like the book better. I think they give better engaging plot lines and interesting interweaving things. And it's more than just, oh, another Harry Dresden story. It's a, oh, another Harry Dresden story in the stuff that's actually interesting. And maybe that's harsh, but it's also often how I feel. Death this, Masks, by the way, was the thank one you, other that book was what you were thinking called. of. The other thing that I think this book benefits from is that it is continuing with the trend of surrounding Harry Dresden with more interesting and likable characters around him and letting them rub off on him a little bit. <laughs> He's becoming a little bit better of a character, less despicable of a person. Not that he was ever, like, horrible. Was, like, never despicable. He was never horrible. Wow. But he definitely has his quirks and his problems and things that make me just go, like, dude, stop. Okay, hold Enough on, though. Stop the presses. You're describing, then, a character who's growing. A little. There's not a ton of growth. Partially because, to me, growth indicates an acknowledgement of point A before you get to point B. And this just kind of seems like a shifting away from point A to get a little bit more like the people around you, which is a very normal thing in the world, but isn't necessarily narrative growth. It's just natural. I really love the crux of the plot in this story. And <sighs> there is a wonderful symmetry to the arc of this story to Harry's life before we ever meet him. Yes. Um, and it's a very compelling arc. The bits and pieces that we see, and it involves some characters that we weren't really engaged with a lot. We didn't have a lot of interaction with them in the past, but we knew they were there, and we knew they were there in a context that we already cared about them. And we can talk a little bit more in that related without spoiling the things okay in a previous book we certainly met uh michael carpenter yeah we met the carpenters yeah the uh, the knight of the sword knight of the cross 
I'm a little rusty. Knight of the Cruciform Sword or something? Something. Anyways, he's a knight. He works for God, okay? And he goes on missions, but he has a whole family. And we casually met the family. And one of those children, the oldest as it turns out, Molly, becomes a primary character in the story. I'm going to go far enough to say Molly and Charity are both primary characters in this story. Okay. Um, Charity being the mom. Michael's wife. We learn more things about both of them. We engage. Michael plays a small but very important role in this story. And so it's just another one of those things on top where it's like, okay, you cherry picked something that was actually like a highlight of the past books for me. And you put it in this one. And Jim Butcher does that in this book with like four or five different things that were my like top things in the previous books. Uh, Usually he tries to do like one of them and it's like, it's enough to make me read the book. This time it was like, it's enough to make me like the book. Okay. The setting, the background that he puts things in for you, I think is part of the element that helps you love a book or hate a book. Like you did not care for blood rights. No. That was set in a porno studio as, as a primary background setting. This the primary background setting is a horror movie convention. And that alone I enjoyed. I'm going to go a step further and say, I think that is a primary location. It is not the primary well, it's not location. The only because if it was, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. I get the idea Splatter of conventions con. and these things, but like, I'm not a horror guy. Not really. But where we go further from this, the little bits and pieces before and after, and using the never never that is a big and the way that that takes place that goes okay the splatter con was okay the never never is great so you put the two next to each other you interweave them and now i'm like okay i'm on board i can do splatter con if we get the never never yeah the end of this book has totally set up a whole bunch of things for the future of the series. And I think you could tell that already oh, yeah. as you as you read it. For sure. And it's, you know, it's a sign that w- what you'll keep seeing as you get further and further into these books, there's a bigger and deeper story that's coming about that has more weight than some of the earlier where they were more just little stories of their own. At a barest minimum, we have a new character or not actually new, but new to being what is probably going to be a moving forward, more primary character, more often around in Molly Carpenter. And she is flawed in a relatable way, giving us even a window into Harry that we know of, but we don't always get to see and makes him more relatable because of it. Mm -hmm. She is single-handedly the best thing in this series so far for his character. Hard to argue that, actually. Yeah, good stuff. All right, any last thoughts on Proven Guilty? I think it was in Proven Guilty we got Little Chicago, right? Or was that back in Deadbeat? I'm wrong. Mm, I'm a little rusty on that. Little Chicago is a marvelous piece of magic, though. It's. I think it actually was Deadbeat. So, sorry I didn't mention it in Deadbeat. I like Little Chicago. It's quaint. <laughs> it's quaint. <laughs> okay well there you go um i also like read past it's lego i know it's not have you read past (laughs) proven guilty yet or is this as far as you are 
Um, I'm about halfway in White Knight. Ah, uh, okay. Another good story coming at you. I hope you're enjoying it. But oh. that's for another episode to talk about. That's where we stop here today. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.